everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? Well, actually, I woke up this morning and I was pretty anxious, which hasn't happened to me in a long time. And I think normally when I get really bad anxiety like that, my first reaction is to ignore it and like think Mm -hmm. about anything else and like procrastinate all of the things that are causing anxiety and all that stuff. And today I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a list of the things that are causing me anxiety. And I did. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a break. And then I'm going to try to do like one of these things. And I did. And I ended up crossing off five out of six of the things on my list. And I have a plan for the last one. So I crushed it, I think. And it made me feel so much better. That's amazing. I can't believe you did five out of six. And a lot of those were like logistical things. So it required a lot of like back and forth and talking to people and all that stuff. But yeah, got them all done. I mean, are you feeling better? I am feeling better. I wouldn't say that the anxiety is like totally gone away, but all of the reasons that I was anxious are taken care of. So that's step one. Yeah. I feel like when I have a list of things to do, even if I'm like knocking them off and I'm going at a good pace, I still feel like the buzzy anxiousness, even if it's not, there's no reason for it to be there anymore. It takes a little while to wear off. I for sure think that the anxiety itself is not because of any specific thing that you have to do. It just manifests itself in like, oh, Mm -hmm. this thing needs to get done. For example, the most ridiculous thing, actually, oftentimes my with my insomnia and like the cortisol issues that I have, I wake up in the middle of the night with anxiety and like nightmares kind of coincide with that. So I can feel how anxious I am when I wake up in the middle of the night. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it comes out as like the most ridiculous things you can think of. For example, the other night we were at the lake and I woke up thinking, oh my God, I didn't raise the boat lift high enough. The jet ski might come off of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd come a hundred percent relate to this. That's ridiculous. (laughs) mm -hmm. It's not even possible. Were you at a place where you could go check it? I could have, but it would have been like, you know, getting up and going all the way out there in the dark. So I I wasn't going to do that. I immediately was like, I know that I raised it high enough. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I know that this is ridiculous, but it was just like, yeah, here's my anxiety. It's happening. Here it is. This literally happened to be on vacation this past week because I was driving one of our rental cars and the tire pressure light came on and I have like an irrational fear of a tire exploding when I'm driving it. Mm. Um, and then I was worried we were going to get charged because the tire pressure light was on and I just could not go to sleep. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, should I text this lady that owns the car? And I was like, I need to calm down. <laughs> like, It's going to be fine. Tire pressure monitors are super sensitive. It could just be like a tiny, tiny bit low. It's probably fine. It just came on. It's no big deal. Also, and you could just go get some more air in your tire to the next day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, yeah, I think it's twofold. It's like, you got to recognize that anxiety doesn't make any sense a lot of the time, but then also mm-hmm. you can take action to make yourself feel a little bit better in the meantime. Yeah, totally. What about you? How are you growing? So I am really afraid of flying historically, but I tried really hard to not be afraid of it this past week when I was 
flying and it was a really long flight. We went to Hawaii. So it was like five and a half hours. And most of the time you're just over the ocean. So I'm like, if this plane goes down, like even if we didn't die on impact, like we'd be stuck out there with sharks would probably eat us. (laughs) And so, but I tried really hard to not give my attention to it because logically I know that the chances of yourself dying in a plane crash is so minuscule. Aren't you more likely to be eaten by a shark than to go down in a plane crash? Yeah, probably. I'm sure. So I just tried really hard to not give my focus to it, not give it life. And just when I started to feel myself getting kind of scared, I would be like, okay, the flight attendants are not freaking out. This is amazing that we are flying. Like, how crazy is this? Yeah, you're just logicking yourself out of it, which I think is a great approach. Yeah, and it was super helpful, and I didn't spend, like, the entire flight being scared. (laughs) So that was great. Yeah. It's definitely growth. Yeah, I'm also getting back into a swing of reading more. I had been, like, the last month, like, not really feeling it, but I'm – I can feel myself getting back into it and, like, being more interested in reading, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And before we got on this call, Anna and I chatted for, like, I don't know, 45 minutes because we haven't <laughs> yeah. talked to each other in a couple weeks. Uh-huh. And I feel like things are just – the summer is cruising by and everything is so fun. And I just had a little niece and we're so happy about that. Yeah. So good. This summer has been – it's been fun so far. And I'm like, we're only a couple weeks in, but I can't believe it's already almost July. Yeah. I'm about to hit our busy season where we're busy for like every weekend for like four or five weekends in a row. You're going to have to be taking care of yourself during those uh, weekdays. I know. I'm going to come back every Monday and be like, nobody talk to me. I can't can't talk to anybody right now. I'm not doing anything today. I just need some time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, today we are talking about limiting beliefs. And this is a topic that I think I've thought a lot about in the last few years. But I was surprised to hear that Anna had never really heard of it. I hadn't. You're teaching me so much on this podcast. Yeah, I think it was in our money episode. I said something maybe about how being in education meant that I would never make a lot of money. And you said, well, that's a limiting belief. And I just had never heard those two words like put together maybe or whatever. I don't know, but it's really stuck with me. And so we were like, we have to talk about this. Absolutely. And I'm the kind of person that I think that neurology and like our brains are so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Just how malleable they are and how you can rewrite your neural pathways. And especially when I learned that your subconscious rules 95% of what you do, like you only use your conscious brain 5%. Isn't that that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. That feels hard to comprehend. Yeah. And so basically your subconscious is running the show and we don't ever think about what's in there. Yeah. Which to me feels a little bit irresponsible. You've got something running your programming 95% of the time and you don't even have any clue what's in there, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you're feeding that subconscious. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is a lot of what we talk about anyway. You know, we talk about how your condition is children and... Mm-hmm. How do the experiences that you have shape who you are and triggers and all of those things? Those are all in your sub- subconscious. Mm-hmm. And truly, your beliefs are just what you associate as like the norm, like normal behavior, the way things work. But those beliefs are totally subjective. Like if 
I were to have grown up thinking that the color of the sky is purple, then, like, that's just a belief that was instilled in me. And we, right. It doesn't you know, mean it's the truth. Right. It's just something you believe. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily for us, those beliefs are totally able to be changed, which is awesome because while a limiting belief, I don't think limiting belief sounds kind of bad, but a limiting belief can be positive or negative. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the circumstance, I guess, because I could have a limiting belief that I'm never going to make more than $5 million a year. And like, sure, I'm capped at $5 million, but like, to me, that sounds great. (laughs) Right. That's pretty solid. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is just a really fun topic, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that we're talking about like neurology and how the brain is malleable because I talk a lot about this in school, but only in relation to trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I've literally like done presentations about this and that like that has this content in it, but it's just been about trauma and like even though I say like, oh, the ability of the brain to form new connections and pathways and change how its circuits are wired, like all of that stuff is possible. But I was limiting myself in thinking about it only in the brains of people who have been through trauma and how that impacts them and not, you know, everybody else. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, to me, a huge area of growth is for us to consider how our beliefs in our brain is like running our day-to-day lives. That's an area that many people haven't explored and there's so much room for growth there. Mm-hmm. So before we start, I thought it might be helpful for us to kind of go through a few limiting beliefs that are like common ones so that people can mm-hmm. kind of connect exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, definitely. That's a good idea. So a couple that I've heard before, I'm not good enough. I'm too mm. old or too young. I don't have enough time. R- like surrounding specific things like money. You've probably heard the phrase rich people are greedy. Like that's the limiting belief. You have to work too hard to get money. I'm always broke. Those are big ones, I think. Even things like the economy is bad. Like believing that you're limited because of, you know, the current economy or. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough experience to apply for this job or... Oh, yeah. That's a huge one. Mm -hmm. Or I'll never find another partner. Like, you can definitely have limiting beliefs in the areas of relationships, too. So Yeah. One, it's interesting that you bring up some of those that are more, like, macro level. Mm -hmm. Because I think even in my thinking about limited beliefs, I've made them on a very, like, individual level of how I'm thinking about them, that it's just something you think about yourself versus you can have limiting beliefs about everything in your life and all that. I mean, I would even go so far as to say that like society instills in us some like certain limiting beliefs, like Mm -hmm. you have to have a college degree to be successful. Oh yeah. That's one that I hear all the time. And that's absolutely not true. Like you could find Mm -hmm. tons of cases where that's not true. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of things that individuals think, but also things that are generally accepted as truth that are actually not true at all. Yeah. Well, and I learned in therapy like a few years ago as a way to deal with some of my anxiety that like all the thoughts that I have are made up. They are. And it totally applies to this too. It's Mm -hmm. just like everything that we think is just 
something that our brain has made up and it's not yeah. true and it's not false. It's just is. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we never have to figure even, out how to- we never even second guess those things. Yeah. I mean, think about all of the parenting tips that, you know, came out in like the eighties that were like, this is how you should parent your kids. And now we're mm-hmm. like, Oh, is that a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, even things now that you're like, Oh yeah, it's healthy to do X, Y, and Z. Like, mm-hmm. are you sure that that's actually healthy for you? Like, is that the best choice for you? Right. Because second guess every single thing you ever think, think is the <laughs> answer to this conversation. <laughs> actually, funny story about kind of like silly out there, definitely not accepted by quote unquote, you know, the health community. Mm-hmm. Seb has this belief, and I think this is a very positive limiting belief. Okay. Which maybe it's not limiting, but a very positive belief. He really, truly believes that ice cream makes him feel skinny. So, like, he does not think that he eats ice cream almost every night. He does not think that ice cream will ever cause him to gain weight. That's not a thought in his brain. Which, and he's, I mean, he's. Maybe it's true. Who knows? I don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's great for him because he eats it every night and he doesn't worry about it at all. And. That's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. That's not what I thought you were going to say. No. He's just like, he's eating ice cream almost every day of his life, and he hasn't gained yeah. weight. So now he's like, well, it won't cause me to gain weight because he hasn't done it yet. I mean, he's just using his experience to inform his <laughs> his future actions. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that makes logical sense. Yeah. Also, I feel like almost everybody is some level of intolerant to dairy, so that's just incredible that he isn't. I mean, he eats so much dairy, it's not even funny. (laughs) It's those Irish roots. Maybe. Okay, what are some limiting beliefs that you can remember from, like, your childhood? Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like I have gone through this, you know, again, for a couple of years now. And I Mm -hmm. was thinking about this, and I could not come up with anything. And I think it's because once I deal with a limiting belief, I just never think about it again, which is awesome. Yeah, that's lovely. (laughs) But I did finally come up with two that I could remember. Um, One of them, and I distinctly remember this kind of throughout my whole childhood, is I had this belief that I was always – like, I didn't know what I was doing or I was doing something Mm -hmm. wrong. And so – Even in situations like learning how to meditate or talking with, you know, a practitioner of some sort, I always just assumed I was doing something wrong. Like I I didn't know how to do things or I was doing it just a little bit wrong. And so like with meditation, I was literally sitting there trying to meditate thinking like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And really the the whole problem was that I was thinking about doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was a good one that I got rid of. And the other one that has definitely been a problem for me is the belief that I'm only as valuable as what I produce. So, you know, that yeah. whole hustle culture thing and specifically that resting is lazy because I used to not be able to rest without feeling like I was, you know, not Wasting being productive, time. Not, not valuable, not worthy, all of those things. Yeah. Which that one I feel like is definitely a societal limiting belief that is put on us. 100%. Yeah. I feel like for me, the two that immediately came to mind were things that I'm like not good at. And Mm -hmm. so just immediately in school, science was pretty hard for me. 
Yeah. And I would just say, I'm not good at science. Like my brain just doesn't work that way. And maybe there is some truth to that, but also maybe not. Like maybe I've just been saying it for so long that I just like shut down as soon as a scientific topic is put in front of me. Yeah. It's very possible that you had one bad interaction with some sort of like science project or question or teacher or something. And then when you got it wrong, you just decided like, oh, I got this one thing wrong, so I must be bad at it, which is not true. Yeah. The other one is public speaking. Mm -hmm. And that one I think a lot of people struggle with. Same. Yeah. But the funny thing for me is like, I would absolutely say I'm bad at public speaking, but I know that when I'm in certain situations, aka I have a podcast, I speak publicly. (laughs) It's totally fine. Do you feel like you'd feel the same if we were doing this for a live audience? No, but also when I was in corporate, I could give presentations no problem. Oh, really? Yeah, as long as I didn't get nervous. I would get nervous, but not nearly as nervous as if I were like trying to do a play or give a speech or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was different to me. Yeah, I had a terrible experience public speaking when I was in seventh grade, and I literally like twirled my hair. And my eyes were really blurry with tears. I was just like trying to hold it together. I was reading it as fast as I could. And ever since that, I was just like, nope, I hate public speaking. I'm terrible at it. But I've had to give presentations a lot this last year because it's just part of my job. But because it's been on Zoom, it's been so much easier for me to just be like, oh, these people aren't probably aren't looking at me like they have their cameras off, like they don't care, like whatever. And it's been a lot easier. And then I'll get feedback. They're like, oh, you did such a good job. And I'm like, they're lying. <laughs> they're, okay. They're just saying that to be nice or whatever. And I definitely am better now than I used to be. And I think it was because when I, I think, I guess it was the year before I went to grad school, I taught first grade for a year. And the first like few days, I I was like, oh, I'm standing up in front of a group of people Mm -hmm. who happen to be children (laughs) and I'm having to talk all day long. And the first few days, like I was nervous like all day long. I mean, partly because I didn't have any idea what I was doing. But then I just was like, you know what? These kids are six years old. They don't care. They're going to like me no matter what because I'm their teacher and I'm nice to them. (laughs) It's going to be fine. And so I got a lot better at it from that experience. Yeah. But it's definitely still something I dread. Well, maybe that's something you work on. That would be a really good one to work on. Okay. Are there any limiting beliefs that you know that you have right now that you would like to change? Um, I mean, the public speaking one is definitely one that I think if I could let go of that belief, then maybe I wouldn't feel as nervous. Mm -hmm. And it's just because it's not something I can get out of. Like, I'm going to have to do presentations in August. Like, I already know that. And so... If I could let go of that, then yeah, I probably wouldn't feel as bad when I get up there and I wouldn't be like dreading it and feeling sick to my stomach over it for a few days. A couple other ones that I was thinking about was not being flexible. And I don't mean like, I mean physically. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I, and it's funny because like I never, until like we had this conversation, like I never thought about these things as limiting. I just was like, fully accepting them as facts. And so it was just like, I'm not flexible. So like, you know, whatever. And not thinking like, well, I could stretch every day. That's about what I was about to say is because- And then I would be more flexible. Not only is that hilarious because it's so specific, but also it seems like one of the things that is the easiest to change. Yeah. 
Like, you could totally be flexible if you wanted to be. I could be. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. So that's one that I would love to work on because that going into, I enjoy doing yoga and I often like don't want to do it though because I'm not good at it. And I attribute that to not being flexible. Mm. That's why I like hot yoga better because my body warms up faster and I'm able to be more flexible. Um, Okay. Well, also a possible limiting belief that I heard in there is that you weren't good at yoga. That's another one. <laughs> They're everywhere, you guys. I mean, kind of. And then the other one is being scared of flying, which I'm like, is that a limiting belief? Well, actually, it's a good point because I was talking to Seb about about our topic today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if you have any like thoughts or opinions that you would like to add in here, you just send me a message. And he did because he has – Big feelings about this. Okay. Do I'm going to read it because it was something. Okay. Okay. He said, limiting beliefs are a silent killer. Things you may not even be aware of, yet they can distract or push a person away from what they should be doing. Usually they come back to fear. Some kind of fear, which is the ultimate evil in my opinion. The fact that we have fear is what makes it so hard. It takes a lot of introspection to be aware of and can be even tougher to let go of and address. It's almost like an addiction where the person has to be willing for it to change to take hold. Mm. So yeah, I definitely agree with him that limiting beliefs come back to a fear most of the time. Hmm. Okay, so what could my limiting belief be about being scared of flying? Well, so... It sounds to me that it's almost like that your limiting belief is I'm always going to be afraid of flying. And yeah. the fear is of of dying or whatever, right. you know, whatever. Plummeting to my death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so in that situation, that's kind of an extreme case. Like, I think there's maybe some underlying, like, let's address the fear part of this before we sure, can actually sure. address the Because, like. <laughs> or maybe somebody, like, put her on drugs next time she gets on a plane. Maybe. No, because that would not be addressing <laughs> the problem. Um, but I mean, it would be you would simultaneously kind of look at where that fear comes from and how to move past it at the same time as saying, like, I'm a great flyer. Like, my mm-hmm. new belief is that I'm a great flyer. I love to fly. Yeah. And just creating a new pathway in my brain, mm-hmm. a little highway that is faster than the one that says, I'm scared of flying. Yeah, so that your subconscious is like, oh, flying, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the dream. There you go. Okay, what about you? What are some limiting beliefs you have that you would love to get rid of? Okay, well, first of all, I don't think I have one specific one in this area, but I do believe that I have a lot of limiting beliefs in the area of body image. Mm-hmm. You know, we did... A couple body image episodes, and I feel like... We could probably do more. (laughs) Yeah, truly. This is an area where there is so much societal programming. Even things as small as, like, calories, like how Mm -hmm. how many calories are in certain things. The belief of, like, oh, bread is bad for you, or Mm -hmm. avocados have too many calories. Like, those are limiting beliefs. And I yeah. don't like that. <laughs> so there's some definitely some things in that area that I would like to clean up. 
And I mean, we've talked a lot about my issues with associating work and worth. And so one of the beliefs that I've actively been working on is that my worth is inherent and unlimited. Mm -hmm. So. I love that. Mm -hmm. What are ways that you work on those things? Okay. Well, actually there's, I feel like there's quite a few ways that you can change your limiting beliefs. So some of the more intense ways would be working with a practitioner. So something like, Timeline therapy, which is what my counselor does with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Psych K is a good one. Uh, there's a book called The Emotion Code, which uses muscle testing for this. Um, so that's a, if you wanted to like look into this yourself, that's a good one to look for. And then there's other things that are simple, like, I mean, affirmations are a good way to do it. I would say though that I think a lot of people are like, using affirmations that are maybe a little bit of a stretch. So if you're, you know, on food stamps, maybe you don't go straight to the affirmation. I'm a millionaire. Like you want to get something that's like a stretch goal, but that you can reasonably get on board with. Yeah. Journaling can really help with this because you can kind of identify where exactly that belief came from. And honestly, probably my biggest recommendation would be a paying attention to where this is like actually impacting you because I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes just noticing how and the extent to which it's impacting you is encouraging and helpful. Um, but also kind of just like the anxiety, like logicking yourself out of it. Like this is the belief that I have. Is this actually true? Can I think of some examples where it wouldn't be true? Because I think sometimes seeing those things in action So just like I said earlier about how some people really truly believe that rich people are greedy or like that's a belief that's been ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. If they even subconsciously believe that rich people are greedy, A, they're not going to reach for money because they will think that's inherently greedy. But that's also a good way for you to look at there's tangible examples of people who are wealthy and not greedy, like you know, tons of people are wealthy and give lots and lots of money away. So like, that's a good way to kind of look at something specific that you can say, this is absolutely not true. So why would it be true for me? Right. Well, and I think people, myself included, like I, it's really easy to use the words like always and never. Mm -hmm. And when you dissect that, you're like, oh, that actually isn't true though. I love doing that with kids and counseling. Well, there you go. Do it with yourself for your limiting beliefs. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I'm really good at doing this stuff with kids, Um, even like affirmations and stuff. Um, I'm really good at that. But when I, I, it's like my brain, I'm, this is a limiting belief, but my brain is only like wanting to apply these things to other people and not, it's like, doesn't make sense for me to do it apparently. Right. Well, maybe that's just a habit, but yeah. I mean, it's definitely, easy and I think very effective to question and logic your way out of a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing that you said about just identifying a limiting belief is like a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And I've started doing that ever since you said to me like, well, that's a limiting belief. Now I'm sure not all the time, but when I catch them, I'll be like, wait, that's a limiting belief. Like, why do I 
why did I just think that? Or why did I just say that? Like what's really going on? And I haven't taken steps further than that, but I'm like, okay, I feel good about the process where, where I'm at so far. Yeah. I, one thing that I do, I try to do it all the time is if I identify a limiting belief that I've said or thought, I make a note in my journal. I actually, I star all of them and write Mm -hmm. out whatever it is. And even if I'm not like mentally equipped to handle it right this, that second, because especially I feel like sometimes our triggers and our limiting beliefs are very intertwined. So like I might be triggered and like not able to identify and work through a limiting belief at this particular moment, but like it's Mm -hmm. nice to be able to go back and look at those things. And actually I work through mine sometimes with my counselor because that's a good way to knock them out. Like just keep track and then work on it later. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Writing them out, acknowledging that they are just your beliefs. Like we've talked about a lot already. Yeah. But like actively, yeah. Actively having those thoughts and all that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, are there any positive beliefs that you hold that you're really excited about and proud of? This was kind of a hard one for me because I think limiting beliefs has a negative connotation. Um, or it does at least for me. Yeah. I think it sounds really negative for sure. Yeah. Um, but one I was able to come up with is that I am capable, which also like doesn't really align with (laughs) some of my limiting beliefs that are negative. I actually said that same thing. That was one of mine on my list. Oh, nice. Okay. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm usually down to like try new things and can be like pretty decent, like at most things. I think it's a very comforting thought that I'm capable because that means that no matter what situation I might get myself in that might not feel good, I can figure it out and like Mm -hmm. help myself. Yeah, for sure. What are some of your other ones? Because that was my only one that I could think of. One that actually is very relevant to the conversations we've been having lately is that I age gracefully. Like I Mm. believe that age is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And another one that I really, really love is I believe that things only get better for me. Like I truly believe that like the older I get, the the better things get. And like the more experience I get, the better things get. Like I don't ever expect things to get worse or bad again. Like I I think I'm just going to trend up for the rest rest of my life. I love that. That's a great belief. Yeah. Only goes up to try that one out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to send us some of your limiting beliefs, we would absolutely love to hear them. You can email us at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com or follow along at likeheartedpod on Instagram. Talk to you in two weeks. See ya.